Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. From the short tracks to the super speedways, from two wheels to four wheels, it's revved up ATX on the horn with Bobby Chaffee and Rodney Rodriguez. This is where Austin talks racing. You're damn right it is. Hashtag real race talk. Revved up ATX on the horn. Saturday morning lineup rolls on. Time to dive in and uh, talk a little bit of car racing, maybe some motorcycle racing, drag racing. I mean, we, we talk about it all right here. Uh, give the show a follow on uh, Facebook, by the way. I, I think is really the place uh, where folks ought to go. Uh, revved up sports show because that's the one place where you can dive in there and you can catch a live cast up each and every Monday from time to time, maybe on Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. and, and get, uh, you know, uh, some really good uh, content there. But uh, on the show today, you got to talk about uh, IndyCar, Formula One. It's always the same stuff, you know, NASCAR back in business as they head to Music City with all of the good stuff. Crossway, my partner, it is my man, Showtime, Bobby Chaffee. And, Bobby, you and I, uh, in your words, we're about to shag ass. All right, I've cussed twice already on this show. Uh, you and I are going to shag ass, head down to Edmond, Texas. I, I'm looking forward to a fun uh, Saturday night of action that we're about to embark into. Yeah, I love my little racetrack down there in Edna, Texas. Flag City, USA. Mm. Uh, lots of good racing action normally uh, in the summertime. Granted, it's going to be a little hot, but uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get uh, some world-class announcing from myself and some world-class driving by you down there tonight. Well, I'm assuming that we're going to get the world-class announcing first. And then the uh, world-class driving, well, you know, we'll, we'll figure that part out. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good time. And, and I do want to thank a, a lot of good folks that have uh, put that together, you know, for all of us. And... Uh, I'm actually going to be driving two race cars tonight, so that uh, that that should be something else. Back to my roots, dude. A street stock and a dwarf car. Yeah, you know, same thing. Same thing. You know, um, this this could get interesting. <laughs> Those dwarf cars are just a tick faster than the one you got uh, sitting in the garage back over there. But yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting. They've had a little bit of a a little bit of a rules upgrade, if you will, for the dwarf cars where they. Uh, they 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 may be tiny in stature, but they are fast with speed. So Dude. that's for sure. And then you got the old street stock that's just well, it's an old Chevy Nova. That, it is um, what it is. <laughs> that uh, that that dwarf car that that right there that that's a midget that looks like a dwarf car. And no, it does not look like a dwarf car. But that's another discussion, you know. And, and all of my time that I race there, when I'm talking about, man, these aren't dwarf cars. Well, here we go. I'm uh, I'm about to find out how fast they are. And um, it, it should be fun, uh, Edna. We'll talk about that later in uh, in uh, places for races and so forth. Of course, behind the glass, the crew chief, the man that makes it all happen, our man uh, Ty Henderson, uh, one of the coolest dudes uh, that, that you're going to find uh, in the Austin Radio Network. Of course, you heard him yesterday uh, talking there to Craig Way with uh, his music choices and all of that. Uh, really cool stuff right there. Uh, you guys follow him at Texas Guy Ty. One of the uh, like, like we said, you know this uh, this is a dude that uh, makes it all happen right there. Uh, kind of, we can call that Bobby. He's kind of the kind of the link to the whole show that makes it, uh, um, I guess, uh, do what it needs to do. He makes the voodoo do what it do, right? <laughs> uh, behind the glass and uh, chiming in when he can. So uh, Ty is the integral part of our show, uh, and we love having Ty part of our part of our crew, uh, if you will, crew chief spotter. He does it all back there behind the glass. Mm -hmm. He does. All right. Time to hit the whole shot as we dive in here. And, Bobby, I'm going to the low-hanging fruit, and, and I do. I want to talk about IndyCar. I want to talk about Formula One, all of that right there. But uh, we speculated last week, uh, the last couple of weeks, as a matter of fact, that it was going to be Josh Berry going into the number four car for Stuart Haas Racing there, uh, replacing Kevin Harvick, you know, when he steps away at the end of the year. They announced that. It's done. Uh, I mean, I, I really think that as much as a sport coming off of Father's Day to where it's, it's all about dads and, and kids, kids and doing 
um, family-driven things, and, and we talk about daddy's money and all of this. You know, we allude to that all the time. This is another guy. This is a guy, Bobby, that, that he did it. He did it the hard way, man. He did it old school on resume, on resume. And here he goes about to take over for a NASCAR legend. That is freaking cool. No other way to put it. Well, I think it's good. I mean, Tony Stewart's on record as saying that he definitely picked uh, Josh Berry because he was not one of those rich kids that graduated high school and ended right. up in a Cup Series ride. Right. right? He talked about working. He's got the same kind of mold and worth, ec- worth ethic as a Ryan Priest that's up Say there. Say that three times. That's right. That's a little rough to say here uh, still early this morning on Saturday. Uh, but when you come through and it's like he's got the pedigree. Yes, luck. What is it? Luck is opportunity meeting whatever it is, well, uh, whatever that saying is. Sure, he hooked up with Dell Jr. on iRacing. Sure, he had JR Motorsports equipment, uh, you know, running late models and winning national championships in 2020 in a late model. But he, you know, it's one thing to get an opportunity. It's another thing not to squander it and take full advantage of it. And that's definitely what Josh Berry has done. Yeah. And it's all about connections right there. It, and with folks that actually go in and they realize the talent of this guy. And, you know, it's something that, that Tony did talk about, like you mentioned right there, Bobby. Uh, let's take a listen right here. Tony talking about uh, Stuart Haas Racing, because when you really look at this, these are all down home, down home, you know, homegrown old school racers that are going to be uh, a part of that fleet in 2024 this is tony stewart um at the press conference uh, announcing that josh berry would take over the four car long gone yet all right <laughs> no you're right it's um you know and that's something that's a really big part of our dna at stewart house racing it's not about guys that just come in sp- spend their time during the day and when the clock gets to the point where it's time to leave they all just bail out of there we- we've got people there that care about race cars and, and that's all they think about is racing i mean that's what this guy has done for years he lives eats breathes racing and that's all he wants to do so aside from his family so uh but that's what we want that's the dna we want that's what you know our culture of shr is built around is a bunch of people that just want to go win races and contend for championships so it, and you know uh, bobby that's, i, I that's think the why. thing right there with that i mean with with tony stewart i mean that that's always that that is his dna i, I know a lot of folks that that want to you know you'll you'll get folks that want to talk about smoke and it's like wow you know he did uh, Tony Stewart busted his rear to get to the point where he was in IRL, racing at Indianapolis, being a part of Joe Gibbs Racing and all of this. He did it the hard way, too, and that's where, you know, Home Depot and Gibbs and all these people realize, Menards, they realize that talent right there, and that's what he is seeing in this Josh Berry. I almost said young man. He ain't young compared to some of these guys. No, not young at all. I think he's 33. Uh, which is considered a late bloomer by sure by by yeah. all aspects. Yeah. Dell Jr. talked about Harry Gant. His first full season was what he was 52, 55, yep. something like that. Yep. Still had a fantastic Cup racing career. So thirty three is no spring chicken now, but talent will always get found. I think you know we do we do say sometimes that the best stock car racers are the ones that are racing on Friday and Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the big leagues, at some point talent will win out over money. And, and I think that's that's just the case in this deal with Josh Berry. Uh, I really thought it was going to be Zane Smith taking over because I think Dude, that you there's nowhere else for there's nowhere else for Zane Smith to go. He's locked out at front row, right? Because he's got Todd Gillen and, and Michael McDowell there. So the only other spot for Zane Smith to go without being signed by a Chevrolet team. Got to be the 10 car coming up with Eric Amarola. Yeah, that, that's the other part right there to where you go in with that. And Zane Smith, you know, that that's an interesting well, – let's hold that. Let, let's table that. We'll, we'll go to NASCAR coming up in, in the second part of the discussion because we do want to talk about, you know, with Nashville – the importance of Nashville um, as the NASCAR Cup Series dies back in. But uh, 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 to me, the whole thing was it, um, you know, talking about this dude, talking about this guy getting his chance and, and doing it the old school way, doing it the hard way and, and just um, and being rewarded um, is really cool to me. I want to go to IndyCar. Um, we just watched once again, we were talking last week, Bobby, on this show, uh, all the podcasts at hornfm.com. Man, I love how those segues work well. We were talking about Alex Pillow. 
I don't know how many people realize he has won three of the last four IndyCar races. And this dude is really good. And for what he pulled off this past weekend at Road America, coming off of a crash on practice day and all of that, I mean, to win and win dominating. Alex Pillow is destroying the IndyCar circuit. I mean, there, you know, I saw Joseph Newgarden saying, well, you know, I think there's a chance that we can chase him down in points and all this. But dude's like 75 or some odd points ahead. I mean, Let's talk about the brilliance of Alex Pillow, man. This is really cool. He's uh, very much a quiet assassin if it's you a will, Jimmy when Johnson. it comes to racing. It's Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, yeah. Scott Dixon, very quiet. The problem with, with Alex Pillow is still, despite being an IndyCar champion and winning three of the last four races, unless you're a diehard IndyCar fan, no one knows he who he is. No one has sucks. a clue who he is. At least Joseph Newgarden, you see the connection with the Shell. You see him on a poster yeah. at Shell uh, gas stations and stuff like that. You see him with Pennzoil displays next to Joey Logano and stuff. That That's the problem is Alex Pillow, probably one of the best racers in the world. Nobody still knows who the hell he is. <laughs> So if you were him, I mean, because I, you remember when he came over to Ganassi, that was a big old thing right there. I mean, do you really want to hire this guy? And now Chip Ganassi once again looks like a you know brilliant uh, businessman and, and talent scout uh, with all of this. If you're Alex Below, do you want to stay in this, or, or do you want to chase that Formula One water? I mean, what 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 would you do? I mean, it's um. I think that he is on a path right now where he can dominate IndyCar racing, the NTT IndyCar series. He can dominate this thing for five years at least. But um, what would you do if you're like his person pointing him in the right direction? I mean, what do you do with Formula One? I mean, I just think that uh, he can be the face of IndyCar, but like you just said, um, the face of IndyCar, a lot of people ain't going to see it. I think the problem is, is you have to wonder if the grass is greener on the other side. It's like, remember last year with the whole getting sued and court stuff to keep him out of McLaren? McLaren's filled up now, right? There's really nowhere yep. for him to go yep. over at McLaren right now. And the grass may not be greener on the other side. He's got it made over at Ganassi. Got great equipment, great team, winning races, dominating the points. Where's he going to go in Formula One? Yeah. Like, there's no real seats available. The only ones that are going to pop up is like a Williams seat, maybe. While they're getting slightly more competitive, why would you want to run towards the back of the pack in Formula One when you can run top tier in IndyCar? Ask Daniel Ricciardo what's happening as he's waiting around for a good seat to go into. Toro Rosso, maybe. You know, we've heard rumors of different stuff along that. So is the grass green on their side? I don't think so. I'd stay put at Ganassi because that's where your bread and butter's at right now. Man, and I think that's the one guy that you talk about. D did you watch a uh, multicast or whatever they call it there with uh, with Danny and and them that, um, yeah, you know, I'm like, uh, whatever. I, I wouldn't. I, I went back over to the race coverage because Sky does a great job with that. Uh, um, so um, I don't know. What did you think of that? I mean, Ricardo's. Just kind of uh, to me, Ricardo should come to IndyCar. I mean, Ricardo, you know, with 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 the the embracing that we have, you know, with Roman Grosjean and all this stuff. I mean, uh, you know, all these guys. I mean, maybe maybe he should take a look at doing something like that. I mean, with the right team, Daniel Ricardo could be could be dangerous. In I IndyCar. agree, dude. Dangerous agree. in a good way. I agree. Uh, but as far as the, it was kind of what I thought it was going to be. The coverage with the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, but, you know, you get so used to Sky Sports doing it. I, I mean, that's what I'm used to seeing now after yeah. the course of the last three years or so on ESPN, the, the direct simulcast of Sky Sports. So, I mean, it was cool when NBC had their own, you know, used their own feed to to broadcast the races with, uh, you know, uh, Bob and a couple of those other guys. But, I mean, I just think that, uh, you know, Varsha is the voice of F1 in the United States, despite Lee Diffie really doing it for a couple of years. But, uh, I don't know. I'm just used to Sky Sports. I didn't watch it for very long uh, just because I was kind of flipping forth, flipping back and forth between that and the IndyCar race. So yeah. um, it was uh, it was kind of what it, I expected. Dude, I was watching golf. We did uh, we did fa a Father's Day uh, in Lockhart uh, with some great Terry Black's barbecue, uh, which I have some for you, by the way. I can, you were just um, at the house the other day and I forgot to give you some. But uh, man, I, I was like totally uh, fixated into golf. Um, may have to dust the clubs up. How, how about a revved up ATX, revved up sports show golf tournament? How do you think hmm. that would work out? Uh, uh, we'd have to talk to the golf show guys in <laughs> well, the morning to well, try to see what we can do. But it, isn't that the funny thing? I mean, the other day I was talking about we needed to have you know you, me, uh, Ty behind the glass, and Zay and Chad and Aaron and Bucky in in golf carts. 
or, or go karts, and now now we had to play golf. Aaron will kill us. <laughs> I guarantee. Aaron and Bucky will kill us. So uh, maybe we'll table that one as well. I mean, I'm more of a putt putt kind of guy, but uh, we'll see what happens there with the real golf game. <laughs> yeah, putt putt. Uh, that that's going to be me tonight at uh, Edna. But uh, so with with IndyCar, with with the way that that everything that we talked about on the show last week. I, I mean, you had the mix up there, you had the dust up there. You, you know, with Scott Dixon and Will Power, and, and that shook itself out, and, and a great job, you, you know, with, with both of those guys to come back and do what they did. But now, I think this is something, and again, here's kind of the crappy part, is that you're off for a week, and, and I totally get it. I totally get it. But you had a pretty good rivalry building up there with Pato Award and Scott Dixon. So um, I think that I think everything is there for this to be a really good uh, – um, a climax, I guess. Don't beat me up on the text line. Climax to the end of the season for IndyCar with uh, these guys that are kind of getting kind of getting rustled up a little bit. I mean, Scott Dixon was having a very good Scott Dixon day, almost yeah. on the podium. Got yeah. I think he got fourth or fifth uh, after coming in with a backup car. But I think you know, IndyCar is so different than NASCAR or anything else. There's got to be a bad guy. You know, yeah. there always has to be somebody wearing the black hat, and IndyCar doesn't really have. That so to they're speak. All I, good mean, you dudes. Know, I mean, they're all, they're good, all dudes. good dudes. They're all on the good side of the race car, the good side of the wheel. So I think that's what IndyCar needs. I mean, that's what made Paul Tracy so popular. Is he yeah. was like the anti-hero back back in the day. Yeah, and I mean, always always thought that was the one thing. You know, with AJ, you know, back you, you can go back and watch all the videos there there with him. He was always the guy. I mean, he he was the fan favorite. But you know, he would. Um, you know the quotes and everything you know with him getting tied up with people i mean that was always uh, such a cool thing indycar doesn't really have anyone that can wear the black hat i mean um i guess maybe right now roman grosjean is doing that you know driving for andretti but it's not it's not anything to me where grosjean is doing this um you know trying to be trying to be the bad guy he just kind of puts himself in that spot and I yeah. Think if Indy, yeah if indycar could find the guy to do that Damn, that'd be great. That'd be great. I mean, it'd definitely be good for the sport, uh, for sure, especially over there at IndyCar. But uh, I, I don't know, dude. I just think, you know, they talked about the 2024 schedule. I really think that they were talking to Mark Miles was in an interview and talking about how he wants to fill that gap between the first race in St. Pete and the second race in Texas. Mm-hmm. There's a big gap. But I think they need to pay attention to their whole schedule. Coda. Uh, they they got to come to Coda. They need to come to Coda. And then they got to fill in some gaps. They're more interested in expanding internationally, which uh, no. is like that's what Formula One's for. Formula One's the globe hopping series. Concentrate on your core group here in North America before you end up trying to go back down to Brazil, back up to Canada. It's like, come on, fill in the gaps to keep your momentum. Maybe race pass the middle of October. Uh, That's the one thing that irritates me so much. It's like you guys, IndyCar, you guys are the U.S. series. I mean, you know, and I do want to ask you about this because it, uh, so here we go. And I've watched a lot of conversation throughout the week, you know, talking now about Formula One, 24 races, you know, is that too much? I don't know. I I don't care. I mean, they are definitely. And when you talk about globe hopping, I mean, these guys, 24 races, yes, that's good. Cap it. Um, I I know that we have, you know, Canada, the three races that are going to be here in 2024 and, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, Even everything happening this year. But um, this is really where I think that, again, broken record. I'm skipping. The needle skipping. If IndyCar could dive into some of this, dive into the Formula One thing, and just dominate here. Just dominate here. I mean, Iowa Speedway, TMS. I mean, all the different places that that I think are available for them. My goodness, grow these, grow these guys. I mean, get over there and and make these guys superstars and let them um, do what they deserve to do because these guys are really damn good. Well, I think it comes down to Zach Brown uh, talking about the U.S. growth there in Formula One. He said, I think it's early days, which is amazing. A lot of people are saying, how long do you think it will continue? And his answer is, I think that we're actually just getting started. They haven't even been to Vegas yet. So I think that's where IndyCar has to be careful trying to go head-to-head with Formula One. Does your Here's the question. Does your average individual race fan know the difference between a formula one car and an indy car if they're sitting side by side at the grocery store let me tell you something we were sitting we were sitting at my 
daddy's house in Lockhart on, on Sunday afternoon on Father's Day. And this man has TVs everywhere. I realized, you know, wh where I got that problem from. He has Formula One in the kitchen. And we have IndyCar in the in the living room, you know, watching this thing on a big screen. And, you know, my, my, my girls are there. My kids are there. My wife. And they're like, so those cars look alike. Um, that... Um, that to me is is the one thing you hit the nail on the head right there is folks just don't realize that difference. But this is where people go back to, well, you, you know, uh, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen and, and all of that. And, and that's where IndyCar just kind of falls, uh, kind of falls off the map. And it's a damn shame because they, uh, man. I mean, come on, you, you put them head to head, put them head to head stars versus stars. Yes. Formula one all the way, but damn my brother, let, let's go head to head on competition. It ain't even close. It ain't even no, Indy, close. IndyCar, IndyCar is definitely more competitive than Formula One. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, when you have somebody dominating 100 wins by Red Bull, that's pretty impressive when you consider. But the problem is, is that the, the Red Bull wins, while they are important and they are impressive, they came when they were dominating, right? <laughs> when Sebastian Vettel winning all those championships, yep. winning all those races, they were untouchable, and then they got beat. And then they were it's it's when they become equal with somebody that's when you don't get the wins. I know that sounds counterproductive and kind of like Daryl Walchip's well to win the race you got to finish first. But it's like when Red Bull is good they're dominant. When Red Bull is down they've never gone head to head with I anybody know. except for Mercedes a couple of years ago. That was it. And that really wasn't even a head to head. I mean it's always it's always one manufacturer is better than and that's just the nature of that. And and, and I mean it is what it is. You know, Max wins again. I mean, this Fernando Alonso, you know, with all of that, with Aston Martin making that right there, it's a great story like we've talked about to me. You know, with with, with Seb going over there and, and really enhancing that team and, and doing, you know, all of that. But but they're they're still not ready. I mean, the resurgence of, of Mercedes. I mean, you know, I read all this stuff all the time, Bobby, and it's like, okay, Mercedes, you know, the resurgence, they're not resurging anything. They're still 25 seconds behind. And that, um, I don't know, dude, I, I am not here to poo-poo on Formula One, but dadgummit, I think that IndyCar could pounce on this, grow that schedule, and again, I know it's, 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 it's easier said than done, but a race here, a race here, I think would just be tremendous, tremendous. Well, it was when they were here last time, but you know, interesting, something about 24 races, you know what else would be interesting at 24 in Formula One? Mm. 24 cars. Mm -hmm. Two more cars. Let's get that Andretti deal going. It's inevitable that they're going to have to add a 23rd and 24th car there in the field because the media rights, live sports is killing media rights. You hear it all the uh -huh. time. Uh, on the Monday, on the uh, weekday shows and stuff like that, but it's uh, I mean, it's it's going to happen. They're going to need to get a twenty third and twenty fourth car there for twenty four races. Well, and that's a whole thing, you know, with with all the uh, everything that Formula One has done. I mean, with media rights and just presentation and everything that they do. I mean, they do it better than anyone. I mean, they really do. I mean, you you turn that race on no matter what time it is, and and you were going to watch the whole dadgum thing. There's no breaks. Um, and I think that goes into a lot of the guy winning by 30 seconds. You're watching the entire presentation. And that, uh, they have definitely done that well, my friend. Yeah, they definitely have. Although competition is not great, but presentations there. Sometimes the show is more important than the competition. That's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Great discussion. IndyCar, Formula One. Um, a good guy getting a job. That's uh, that's really cool stuff. Coming up, Nashville or uh, NASCAR is headed uh, back to Nashville, or close to Nashville, I guess we'll say. But uh, back on the track is uh, NASCAR. We'll talk about that uh, later in the show. Pit stop news and notes, places for races, talk some NHRA, NHRA, all of that and more. This is Revved Up ATX on the Horn. We're live, local, digital, 104.9, FM, AM 1260. Streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. All the weapon that was you. But someone killed country music Cut out its heart and soul They got away with murder Down on music road There you go once again Ty Henderson Spot on 
Um, and I think that, that Ty has worked uh, with us long enough, and he knows me, Bobby, and I know you do. 14 years, dude. Was that right, Facebook friends? That, that, that's been long. That's what that. it said. That's what Facebook said. I had to go with it. I'm not sure that's right. But, um, yeah, Ty kind of diving in right here. My, um, you know, uh, not the biggest fan of some of the new country music, but uh, as NASCAR heads over to um, Nashville, not really in Nashville, um, you know, Bobby, I, I think that we could uh, murder on Music Row. Uh, we could uh, blame Nashville FC, <laughs> maybe. Uh, you yeah. know, we, we talked about that the other day. Um, to me, I mean, let's dive in here. We'll we'll, we'll talk about uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, Nashville, but um, I am seriously concerned that the Nashville Fairground is not going to get to be what it should be because of circumstances. I guess we call it. Well, circumstances with Nashville FC. Mm. Uh, have you seen the Have you mm. seen the next set of renderings though from SMI in Bristol? Man, yeah. that place is going to be top notch if they let them do what they're going to do. That could be two world class sporting facilities right next to each other there in Nashville, over by the fairgrounds. If they let If they let the Speedway do what what the stuff the pictures look like. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do want to tell you guys. Uh, Ty, hit that again. Uh, pl play that tune just a little bit more. So, um, years ago, years ago, uh, my wife and I were first married. And one of our trips uh, was going to Nashville. We wanted to see the Ryman and, and, and the Opry and all this stuff. Oh, Hank, wouldn't have a chance. Mm. So we, we go to Nashville, and they had had uh, some, some crazy flooding. And we go on, on this uh, tour, you know, going to see the, uh, the stars and all this stuff. And, and um, the, the guy's playing Alan Jackson. He's playing straight. I mean, he's playing all these guys. You know, this was uh, in the early 2000s. And uh, we go where this song is talking about. We, we go down 16th, uh, 16th and, and all these different places. And I say murder on music row. And the tour guide was like, sir, do you care to stand up and, and, and tell us what you're talking about? And I did, Bobby, you know me, dude, I ain't shy. Yeah. I can, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. I, I got up and I told the story and, um, it, it was like, I got a round of applause. Hmm. Got a round of applause. Maybe that's my uh, next job. Maybe I'll go be a tour guide uh, in Nashville and, and kind of talk about how uh, the music's not the same, but, of course, you can get all of the good music uh, at Coke FM, and Coke Fest is coming up, uh, cokefest.com. Go on there, uh, check that out, and uh, be a part of that as that happens out in Hutto coming up uh, in the heat of a uh, – dude, it's going to be hot out there. Oh, it was hot last year, but it's super hot this year. Right. Long-range forecast does not look good. Uh, mm. But you know what? Though? That's what makes it fun. You know you're going to go out and it's going to be hot, but um, it makes for great people watching. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, hydrate yourself. I mean, that that's a whole thing with that. Uh, it's definitely going to be a, a very – the hottest party of the summer we always talk about, uh, you know, on ARN, you know, with the, with the, with the horn and, and the bat and Coke FM, you know, hottest party of the summer. Well, I'll be damned. We, uh, we're, we're hitting the nail on the head with this one. Yeah, except for the one year it rained, it's always been super duper hot. <laughs> well, it was hot that year too. It uh, that that was the whole weird part about that to me was okay. Uh, it's super hot and it's flooding. What what's going on here? I don't get That's it. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Nashville. I mean, all of that build up here. You know, four minutes into this. Thank you, Ty. Really good stuff right there. Uh, you you know the stuff that uh, makes me uh, kind of go off on tangents. But uh, let's go to Nashville. Um, you know, obviously, we would love to see this at the fairgrounds, but uh, the fact that we're at the super speedway, and, and what is that, about 30 miles, uh, 25? Yeah, 30, the, the, 40 miles. I yeah. mean, it's definitely, code is closer to Austin than Nashville super speedway is to Nashville, that's for sure. Yeah, I just think that the mere fact that, that there is a presence there in the area is a big deal. And, you know, what's going to happen moving forward? I don't know. There are a couple of things I do want to ask you about uh, moving forward with all that because Chicago's coming up. But uh, going back to Nashville Super Speedway, this was a race, you know, where, where it was left off of schedules, you know, for w whatever reason to where it um, it just wasn't any good. But, Bobby, this race car was conducive to this racetrack. And here we go. Th this is going to be a lot of fun coming up on Sunday. Well, it runs the risk of being a boring race, but I think because of the fact that uh, there's enough teams that are now rising to the top, the yep. top battle should be should be decent. 
I think. I mean, you're not going to have the uh, – we've seen already that you don't have the parity that you had in 2022. Right. Here in 2023, we've guys already getting multiple wins this early in the season. So the cream's rising to the top again with this new car, but uh, it's a concrete racetrack. A uh, little over a mile in it, a uh, little over a mile in length. So it's it's a little different than most. It's not the it's not the same as Dover. Definitely not the same as Bristol. The half mile, as far as the we've seen, the concrete tracks kind of go towards you know Kyle Larson. Larson's run good here. He's won a race here in his championship year in twenty twenty one. I think it's a good market uh, that they're in. I mean, I think that that's um, oh yeah. We're gonna see. We we talked about it at the end of the live cast a couple of weeks ago that. The, you know, we'll hit Chicago here in a little bit, but the success of Chicago determines how many races we end up getting to have at these permanent built oval racetracks. Isn't that kind of the, uh, the to me, as a lifelong NASCAR fan, you know, with, with the way the sport evolves and everything that NASCAR has done, you know, with the car and all of this, uh, that so much of what's going to be happening moving forward is contingent on a one-off. I, I, I mean, I, I, are we going to Chicago again? I don't know. Um you know, the Coda thing has caught on. I, I mean, it, it's worked well, but that's purpose-built, and, and it, it's going to continue to be a part of the, the schedule as long as SMI wants it to be and wants it to take a date away from TMS, which we can talk about here in a minute. But um, isn't it kind of weird looking at this that uh, everything is, is very um, volatile? depending on what happens at a race that we have never done before. And there are so many unknowns as we get out of Nashville and head to Chicago. It's crazy. I mean, it, it's the, it's probably kind of sad for me. me. It's kind of sad. And, to me, and, to be honest and we'll with talk you. about it more if, if we end up having the, having the podcast next week to me, the, the Chicago race is the most important race since the Winston in 1992, oh. where we lit a super speedway and ran under the lights for the first time. Mm. That was a game changer. This is the biggest game changer since then, in my opinion, going to Chicago for a, a temporary street course for NASCAR. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think that it should be, um, you, you know, to me, uh, there's so many different, uh, uh, parts of my emotions that I look at this and, uh, you know, running on a street course. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I mean, I, I would have never thought that it would have come to this, but, but with the evolution of Coda and the Roval and, and whatever's going on right there, it, it's a different time. And with this race car, obviously a different race car than what we're accustomed to. I mean, this isn't the old, you know, stalker that, that I'm going to be driving tonight. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of different things right here to where it is so important as to what's going to happen here the next two weekends because I, I think these two markets are so important number one nashville you're going in there you want to run at the fairgrounds um i i think that we're in trouble with doing that um i, I love that we got wilkes back but uh chicago it um dude this is a vastly different world than we were in 10 years ago well, I think continuously with the number of road courses that we had. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody thought it was inconceivable and, until we ran the uh, the Bush Clash there on the the road course there at the, the International Road Course at Daytona. Mm -hmm. uh, never thought you'd see the stock cars run on the road course there. I mean, obviously, they had to do it again in 2020, different circumstances with COVID and stuff like that. But yeah. It's, uh, you know, this new car, it's, uh, it's, it's got Jim France written all over it in a good way <laughs> and a bad way. It's a sports car. Uh, I still wish it would look closer to those uh, Australian supercars, which we'll get into in a minute. Uh, but uh, definitely, it's 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 changed the game in more ways than one. Uh, and I think that it's gonna it's still gonna evolve a little bit. I still think you're gonna see the individual race packages come mm -hmm. to these race cars, where you're gonna have a specific package for oval track uh, lengths, you know, mile and a half and stuff like that. A specific short track package, a specific road course package. You're gonna see this car evolve into something like that. Garage 56 proved that the sky is the limit on this on this next-gen cup car. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I do want to ask you about this. Uh, I mean, to me, this is going to be a very uh, – uh, maybe it won't be, you know, to our dirt track racing fans. Bristol Dirt, great experiment. Um, but let's move on. Uh, I think it's done. I don't think you'll see it in 2024. It has not been good. 
It has not been good. And this is where we go back to the, these cars are not made for this. And the old cup car was not good for this. And honestly, I mean, the whole thing is for me, you know, when people reach out and they're telling me about NASCAR on dirt, I mean, go back and, and, and watch the old races. I mean, yeah, maybe the old, uh, you know, Kale Yarbrough and, uh, you know, those old Monte Carlos, Lagunas and, and Thunderbirds, you know, maybe that was great, uh, you know, for a bomber type of uh dirt track but uh I, that ship has sailed it's not good people don't want to see it it um to me honestly to me and, and i hope my dirt track fans and our dirt track fans will agree to me it's an insult to what dirt track racing is because you know we sit here and we watch you know guys that race every day every day on dirt track when nascar does this in a cup car that 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 is like dude it's horrible it's horrible. We need to stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Not a dirt series is the Cup Series, in my opinion. I mean, other than that, other than that one race in Iowa at the Knoxville, the truck races on dirt have been really good. But I think that your your truck series is more conducive Boom! to being a uh, to being a, a track or being a series that can race on a dirt track. Uh, not the Cup cars. Not with this independent rear suspension. None of that stuff. This next gen car is designed to be on a on a pavement. Uh, concrete track track, not not a dirt track. I think the future of the Bristol dirt race is going to depend on how good the Bristol night race is. If it becomes a barn burner uh, at the night race, then people are going to want to make sure we get the concrete back in the spring. Well, and we can go back to, you know, I know ARCA for a long time, back in the heydays of ARCA, before it became, you know, what it is these days. ARCA would go to dirt tracks and do whatever they did, but uh, they didn't have this car. I mean, it was a big old heavy stock car that you had to sit there, figure out a way to, to, to make the four corners work and, and make it get around the racetrack. Those were really good dirt track races. Um, different car, different car. And I think that's where we go back to, to where other than, you know, with modifieds and all the different things that you and I get to watch and, and call races around the state of Texas is um, – a big old boxy stock car, that's what you want. And right now, we do not have that in any of these series other than the trucks, like you said. I mean, I guess that's the closest. But, I mean, we don't have anything that, that needs to be on dirt. Um, let the dirt let the dirt do what it does. World of Outlaws, you know, IMCA stock cars, IMCA modifieds, all this other, USRA. Let them own where they are in their element. Uh, this is just not the place to be. Yeah, Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model yeah, Series race. Absolutely. Jonathan Davenport, absolutely. Devin Moran, Kyle Larson when he goes to run with All him. these guys. Best racing you'll see on dirt. Uh, but, yeah, the cup cars just don't do the dirt racing around the country justice when they go to the dirt race at Bristol. No, it's embarrassing, I mean, to me. Because you get over there and you do all of this, and you're making this a grand production, and, and it just it lacks. And to me, it's one of those things, Bobby, where, where I think that, that – you know, with the detractors of NASCAR, when you do something like that, it, it uh, you're stubbing your toe and you're taking three steps back because it's like, okay, here we go to dirt, and then you put that on, and it's like, um, okay, NASCAR sucks. Well, NASCAR's not a dirt series anymore. I mean, they're just not. They're just not. No, they're not. The Richard Petty, like you said, they they're supposed to run on dirt years ago. It's too high tech to run on dirt now. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so diving in here, uh, back on track, you know, NBC takes over. We get Junior, Latart, all these guys. Um, so I'm curious to ask you, uh, you know, Hendrick there with William Byron, I mean, Larson, all these guys in really good places. There are a lot of guys, you know, Kevin Harvick, you know, folks are like, well, you know, what about Harvick? He's fine. He, he's going to be totally good. Who, um, Who's in trouble? I mean, I know we talked about this last week, but seriously, who is in trouble right now because – it's go time right now because they're putting that cross flag in. It's time to go. I mean, because there's going to be a lot of really good, excluding Chase Elliott, there's going to be a mm -hmm. lot of good guys that are probably going to miss the playoffs. And I think coming off of last year where you had all the winners and, and, and all the uh, abundance of winners, this is the opposite. There's going to be a lot of dudes sitting on the sideline just there uh, racing for wins while these guys are chasing the cup. I think that obviously, as we take out Chase Elliott, I think you got to take out the other Chase and Chase Briscoe yeah. as well because of the big, big penalty, L3 penalty that he got. I think the guy that's going to be in trouble is going to be Daniel Suarez. Mm. Now, why? Now he's got a he's got a road course win in the Cup Series there at Sonoma, but he's battling right there with a couple of guys that I think AJ Allmendinger is going to be the leading guy to win that race there at Chicago. 
just because he has the advantage on the street course race. Let's not forget about uh, Shane Van Gisbergen from the Supercar Series yep. running the Trackhouse number 91 car. That's the guy that's going to surprise at Chicago, I think, uh, with, the, with the Project 91 car. But I think when you throw in the A.J. Allmendinger winning the next couple of races, you got Watkins Glen coming up. you got the Roval coming. Well, the Roval's already in the playoffs. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you got a couple of more couple of more road courses coming in that can be very beneficial uh, to them. And I think you've got a guy like, you know, you've got your, your Daniel Schwartz in trouble. You could have A.J. Allmendinger in trouble. Uh, then you've got your guys there towards the bottom of the barrel, Alex Bowman missing a couple of races. He could still, in theory, make it into the the title chase because he was up on top of the points when he was out for a couple of races when yep. he broke his back. So it's uh that anybody's battle. I think anybody from twelfth to eighteenth in the points runs the risk of not being in the playoffs. In my opinion, let's say that we don't get Bowman. Let's say that we don't, uh, you know, get Chase in the playoffs. I mean that uh, that to me, I think. Um, as much as NASCAR fans are going to get pissed off about that, um, that to me that that would actually be kind of cool <laughs> if those guys are not able to get into the playoffs. And this really is the the gauntlet that we're up against right now, is to where we're at races that you're you're going to have the outliers that may be able to to do something right here. You know, we we talk about uh, you know the guys with with Ricky Stenhouse, you know, winning Daytona, able to get in. You know, Michael McDowell. There are places there for him. It uh, when when we get to road courses, I, I really think when we go to Chicago next weekend, I think Michael McDowell's a guy that uh, may kind of sit here and stun people. How, how would that be? You go to Chicago. Here's this big race. Michael McDowell wins. Who? <laughs> I think it'd be great though. He's I mean, won I the Daytona 500, right? Yeah, that, that's yeah. the only one he's he's won, so he I doesn't know. be not real known. Uh, but as good as he ran at Sonoma, his crew his crew's the one that always lets him down. Yeah. Uh, and that front row stuff. There's we've heard rumors of McDowell going to the ten to replace Eric Amarola there, so that could be a good fit there for Stuart Haas, one of the the guys that's worked on it. But I, I think Chicago, uh, this I almost said Bristol. This race in in Nashville is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, but all eyes, everybody's concentrating on Chicago right now because of how critical that race is. Even we're talking about it. We're a week out from Chicago. And it's probably the most important race of the 2023 season, right here. Yeah, uh, to me, this really is the um, this is the uh, Las Vegas Formula One comparison for NASCAR, you know, with Chicago because there's so much on the line, and I think that a lot of it is unjustified because everything is going to be based on, on what happens with this one, and that's a funny thing with this, Bobby. I think with the new leadership that we have with NASCAR, if it uh, if it's a dud, they ain't doing it again. <laughs> they're, they're no, not no going to do it again and I think that's that's the coolest part about uh, everything next week everything is next week and, and it just kind of sucks that Nashville happens to be or close to Nashville happens to be on the schedule this week if Chicago sucks we'll end up being in Montreal in 2024 I ain't got a problem with that I mean I, I, I guarantee you one thing you will have a lot of folks that show up and, and and do that and that's the other thing that we talk about you know when when we talk about race fans not showing up I guarantee you if they go back to if they go to Canada they go to Montreal they go to Monterey they go to Mexico they go to these places they will show up they will show up because it's something different but that's where we get back to the Bristol dirt because I mean what 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 was that one year of okay decent uh, yeah the, one year of eh, and then it rained and we had to run on Monday so that didn't help out any so Coliseum, I don't know dude yeah if, Coliseum, if Chicago's one successful, year okay yeah sorry dude if Chicago's successful you're just gonna throw out the 2024 schedule like throwing out dice to try to win Ooh. money in Vegas but if it sucks, we'll end up in Montreal. But I'm hoping for a good race in Nashville. Primetime coverage. I mean, primetime, yeah. like it's in the same time slot as as uh, Sunday Night Football is. So that's how much uh, NBC's banking on it. But we'll get more on that on places for racing. They are, and, and they've got uh, they got the folks out there to do it. You know, Dale Jr. leading the charge right there. Uh, I mean, there you go. NBC is uh, about to hit the lottery here. That, that this could be, you know, when we go back to the monumental moments uh, with streaming and television and everything with NASCAR, you know, 1979 the 76 uh, 500 uh you know with abc and wide world of sports and and then of course uh you know the 2001 that, that was such a sad day there fox's first race i mean here here's nbc's moment to shine this um dude this is um it's gonna be a big deal it's gonna be a really big deal 
And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, no doubt. Coming up, pit stop news and notes. We got places for races. We'll uh, kind of clue you in on what's uh, happening around the weekend. A loaded, revved up ATX right here on the Horn. We're live, local, digital, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. We had to write a song. We wrote some right. We wrote some wrong. I was down and out. You let me in. Times you were my only friend. So long, Nashville, Tennessee. You can't have what's left to me. And as far as I can tell, it's high time I wish you were. Stapleton. Build me up. Can I go wrong with that dude right there? Uh, Ty, Nashville, Tennessee, my friend. That's good stuff. Good country music. Chris Stapleton, Bobby, to me, is, um, and we should probably, you know, do this on a podcast at some point. Uh, to me, that is the one guy that uh, sings that country music, and and it, it kind of feels like what it should be to me. Yeah, I mean, good old, good old down home uh, country music. That's what the that's what the NASCAR fans like. They're getting a little too contemporary with some of these pre race concerts, picking up people that you just don't know who they are. Kane Brown, uh, but you know. Yeah, no, people know who that is, but Tim he, he's not very he's not very country. Uh, Kane Brown, so <laughs> Tim, as as our man Rod Baber says, and I promise you, he says this. Tim Negra is what <laughs> is what Rod says. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, good stuff right there. Uh, it is our man Stapleton uh, diving in. Bobby, uh, uh, pit stop news and notes. Uh, places for races here as we uh, get ready to wrap up uh, another uh, weekend uh, with. Uh, IndyCar, NASCAR discussion, everything happening there in Nashville. I, I do want to give a lot of love. We just saw that uh, yesterday, one of, one of our favorite racers from right here in Texas, North Texas, uh, Caden Honeycutt, he turned 20, uh, coming up in the uh, truck race. Uh, another one of our guys from the Gulf Coast, Memphis Villarreal, the right way to say it, is uh, doing his second start. Uh, how about that? How about that? Uh, to me, those are two of the most talented guys that you're going to find in the country that are racing um, in the upper echelons right about now. Well, it's good to see the 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 I say kids somewhat, although they're they're grown adults now. Uh, but to see their progress up through the ranks, starting uh, with Caden's case and Bandoleros when he was a little kid, yeah, man, uh, progressing all the way up to the uh, the Cars Tour and now in the Truck Series, uh, calling some you know Memphis Virials wins down at Edna mm -hmm. uh, and the Corpus Christi Race Ranch down there. So they uh, you know seeing those guys progress to the next level, uh, talent. Like we said talent gets you so far. You got to have money to break into it, but at some point, talent finds money yeah, so that's uh, it's good to see those those guys get a good break and try to make it to the next level and that's kind of what goes back to the to, to the whole shot you know talking about some of the guys you know with josh berry you know getting that opportunity you know now with SHR in 2024 to where he takes over that four car and it's guys like that where it, it gives them hope i mean it really does give them hope that they're able to uh, use that ability uh to, to move up uh, into some of that stuff um you, you know I know that one of the things that we have talked about a lot of times, you, you know, when you get guys like Bowman and, and these guys get hurt in race cars doing stuff um, a little bit off the grid, uh, Kyle Larson, once again, I, I don't know if uh, who may have watched that race on, on Wednesday night there at the uh, High Bank Nationals, but uh, him winning $20,000 there outrunning Rico Abreu, that uh, to me, to watch Kyle Larson race cars, that uh, that, that is such a privilege that, that I think that we need to understand that we have the privilege of getting to do that right now. Well, I think it, it comes down to your hardcore race fans, the short track dirt fans all have Flow Racing, right? That's the channel that it was on, the streaming service Flow Racing. Uh, but Kyle Larson's good in anything he gets in on a short track from a cup car to a truck to an Xfinity car all the way down to World of Outlaws, late models and stuff like that. That high bank race, that pays $250,000 yeah. to win tonight. That's uh, yeah. crazy for a World Outlaw race. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Of course, crazy. you got to go all the way to South Dakota to race in it, but uh, I mean, you know, still. Probably cooler. It's probably cooler than it is here. Just a tick. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I do want to ask you, uh, I thought one of the things that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, again, the podcast at hornfm.com, we kind of called out there uh, uh, Miss Enders on having some struggles uh, with her uh, pro stock uh, uh, campaign. Well, she shut us up. She won. Back on top, Courtney Enders. Uh, good stuff happening there at uh, Thunder Valley, otherwise known as Bristol. 
Yeah, otherwise known as Bristol had a back-to-back with the New England Nationals racing part of the day, and then yep. the Thunder Nationals the next day. They're actually up in Ohio there at Norwalk in a in a staple race, if you will, for the NHRA Tour. So they uh, they're up in Norwalk and uh, Norwalk, Ohio, to run that race. So yeah, how about Justin Ashley? I mean, that's a guy right there. I mean, he kind of double times it and and does that right there. I. I think that is the one thing that we see in Supercross and, and NHRA. We compare them and parallel them all the time. It does seem like that they find guys or there are guys that really do a good job of, of, of coming out there and doing stuff. And, and uh, Ashley's one of those dudes in top fuel to where he is he is uh, he, he's kind of the guy to beat right now. Yeah, he's definitely coming into his own for sure. Uh, being able to come through and be the next guy up, right? He's, he's turning into the right. next big superstar to take down these established names, your Force and your Steve Torrance and stuff like that. Uh, those in, that's that's a cool spot to be in. That's what NHRA needs. The more superstars they have, the bigger names they can develop, the more fans they have, the more fans, the better sponsorship they get a chance to. they got to replace Camping World. That takes a whole lot of cash. That takes a whole lot of time. And so they, they need a good momentum builder at the right time trying to get a new title sponsor. And then you get the old guys like Ron Caps that comes in here and, and wins one of those races. Uh, that, that that right there is super cool uh, for Caps to be able to do that. Uh, super cool. Uh, the, the old guy, he's not done yet. No, he's not done yet. Really good transition for him to come through and go from a, a racer with Don Schumacher, uh, using all of his experience, seeing Don Schumacher racing come through, uh, and now being able to be his own boss with his own team. Done done quite well, all things considered. Uh, hooked up with Toyota, got some good momentum there with them, and I think it's been a really good story uh, for Ron Capps. going to be cool to see him join SRX and see what he can do on the oval track stuff. Isn't that the cool thing? We're about to get into that where we get, um, you know, SRX Thursday Night Thunder. It's coming back, and, and, and I like that. And, again, th- this is where we need to do another show because I was talking about this the other day to where it's like, you know, folks wanting an alternative to NASCAR. Be careful what you wish for, man. Um, NASCAR's doing what they need to do, and I don't think that we need to be doing that right about now. No, no split needed for NASCAR. As much as NASCAR – the fans think that NASCAR does wrong, and it's a small percentage of fans, but they're the loudest fans. They're the NASCAR loudest. NASCAR does a lot ones. of stuff right. That's the worst part. I mean, that's the worst part. I mean, embrace it. Embrace it. I think the main thing is go out and find a local short track and and, and just enjoy um, the cool part about that. All right, my friend. Places for races. What we got going on this week, my brother? Uh, so we got Ally 400 qualifying from Nashville for the Cup cars coming up right after we're done. Boom. Uh, going head to head with Tyler. Uh, then this afternoon, the Xfinity Series from Nashville, that starts at 2.30 on a new network, USA, for the NASCAR uh, stuff. And then NHRI qualifying, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on FS1. Uh, tomorrow, you got the IMSA six hours at the Glen, uh, starts at 1 p.m. on USA, probably will end up on Peacock. Uh, then you got the NHRI finals, uh, the coverage, 3 p.m., 1 p.m., back on Network Fox. That's good to see them get some network TV coverage in tomorrow night, yep. 6 p.m. The Outlaw 400 kicking off in primetime coverage on network NBC locally uh, here on Channel 36, and then of course locally here in Austin, you've got uh, Cotton Bowl Speedway up and running for another one of those races. But you and I will be at uh, everybody's favorite short track, Edna, Texas, Texana Raceway Park, uh, down there for your big races, and then uh, calling some action tonight. So we'll have a lot of good time. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Both on TV and in person. Raceontexas.com. Come on out uh, to Texana. Watch Bobby thrill the crowd and watch me destroy two veterans. Uh, it's going to be fun. Doing double duty. Uh, great program. Thank you all for checking in. Tyler Campbell coming up top of the hour. Thanks to Bobby. Thanks to Ty. It is revved up ATX on the horn. We are back uh, next weekend, I think. <laughs> revved up ATX on the horn.